morning. If you're here this morning and this is your first time to visit with us, I'm not the pulpit minister. He's sitting down here. And no, he's not incapacitated or anything like that. Uh, but once a quarter, it falls upon one of your elders to fill the pulpit, a pulpit for a short period of time. So I've got a question. What is a talent? Now, Charles has just read uh, to you concerning talents. And according to my 1953 Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary, a talent was an ancient measure of money or weight and its value was estimated according to time and place not always the same and that hasn't changed to this day as far as time and place is concerned it still has its effect so consider our dollar today. What's it worth? Some say approximately 47 cents. So we know within our lifetime that the value of that dollar has decreased. And so during the period of time that we refer to uh, as the Great Depression, which some of you understand and some of you perhaps don't. But that was a period of time in which President Roosevelt uh, issued an executive order to create two uh, entities, one being uh, the Work Progressive Administration and the other, uh, that was known as the WPA, some referred to it as we piddle around. And the other was a PWA, uh, which was the Public Works Administration. Now those two entities paid a man during those depression years, uh, basically from 1929 to 39. And some of you may believe, as I do, that that period of time extended even up until 1941, uh, Pearl Harbor. And so that brought the workforce into the limelight again because of defense and our military. Uh, that was established in order to give the tens of thousands of people who were out of work 
uh, some prosperity, but it only paid a dollar a day. One dollar a day. I remember WPA, my father worked in that organization, and their assignment was menial things. I remember I was in elementary school. They built a trash burner out in front of the school, just whatever to keep men employed to some extent, a dollar a day. And that also uh, carried over into our military. Uh, Army, one dollar a day. And some of you, uh, oh, I'm sure Walter Ean, Hubert, uh, Bill Patton, uh, others of you, uh, Bill and Mary White, they remember these periods of time, I'm sure, when those entities were in effect. And as I said, it affected our Army, too, one dollar a day. Uh, and some of you uh, probably remember <laughs> the old song that the Army had, uh, $21 a day, once a month. Uh, there was a, a satirical song sung along that line. Uh, they wake you up at 5 o'clock in the morning for, for $31 a day once a month. They put a pack up on your back that nearly weighed a ton for $21 a day once a month. Ain't we got fun? So some of you probably remember that. And that was a time when people came together. The Lord was remembered. Congregations, be it the congregations of the Lord's Church or denominationalism, they grew stronger. And so through those years, those periods of time, people suffered, but yet, on the other hand, uh, they came together, both physically and spiritually. And a lot of us, or several of us, several of you remember, uh, Gasoline, 14 cents a gallon. Coal oil, they don't call it coal oil anymore, it's kerosene, 10 cents a gallon. Look at gasoline now, sometimes in the neighborhood of $4. Loaf of bread, back then, 17 cents, now as much as $3 or more. So things have changed. Uh, yeah, it's changed big time. But you know what? God has not changed. He has not changed. 
Hebrews 13, 8 tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He has not changed. Today and forever, God is the same. So getting back to talents, the one we want to consider this morning is not weight or measure or weight or money, but we want to talk about ability. The ability to do or accomplish a task. So we serve an unchanging God. But what, to what extent do we serve? You know, we look at Galatians here, uh, verse 6 through 10. Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, He deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one shall bear his own load. And drop down to 10. So then, while we have opportunity... Let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So, again, to what extent do we serve? I I think possibly... uh, it would do well for us to take a look at pardon me take a look at what we refer to as the Great Commission There in Matthew 28, Jesus gave to those 11 men at that time specific instructions. And those we've heard many times, we've read many times, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
to every creature. And the thing, teaching them, and that's the thing that I, I want to dwell on just for a little bit. It seems to me over the years, in our teaching and our preaching, we have emphasized that as a coverall, so to speak. But those 11 men were given that instruction to go into all the world to teach to every nation. And so it seems over, over the years that we have kind of used that as a blanket that every Christian should teach. And I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't teach all of us, but that specific uh, instruction to those 11 men was given at a time when the church was young. Uh, the written word was not available to everyone. Uh, I've read somewhere in history that uh, there was very few people that could read and write. So they depended on those learned men to teach them. But it seems like this day and time, and this is me, I, I, I'm not downplaying teaching. Don't misunderstand me. But we tend to send people on a guilt trip if they're not teaching by word uh, to others. Now, how do we teach? Yeah, we teach by word. But more and possibly uh, as, as importantly, we teach by example. We teach by doing. We set an example before those around us. And we do those things that pertain to benefiting not just ourselves, but others. And sometimes we feel very inadequate. And sometimes we are. Uh, none of us are complete, nor will we ever be complete except through Christ. So what we, what we believe, uh, we have to base it, we have to base our belief right here. Everything pertaining to life and godliness comes through right here. This word which was given to us that we might save our souls from a fiery hell. There's things we have to avoid. We understand that. We have to watch where we go. We have to watch what we say. 
we have to watch with whom we associate. But on the other hand, we can't isolate ourselves from the outside world. Why? We know why. Because if we did that, we would never save a soul. Of course, we don't save that soul. But we can point that soul to Christ. And the only way we can point that soul to Christ, right here, that's the only place we have to go for the ups and downs and for the values of life. All contained right here. That's the only place. Only place. So, let's take a look now at this business of teaching. Take a look at James 3, the very first verse in James 3. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we shall incur a greater judgment. So we who teach, be careful. Be very careful what we teach. What? If you teach any other thing, if a man teaches any other thing than the gospel of Christ, let him be accursed. So we have to be careful. But we have to teach. We, we either have to teach by word. We do have to teach by word. But we teach by example. And we teach by our deeds. It is quite possible that there may be some here this morning that have not obeyed the Lord in baptism. And there may be some who have, who have lost sight of the pathway. So if perhaps you might be numbered in that, in that group, what is it that we must do in order to come to Christ if we're outside of Christ? We have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek it. And we have to confess his name, our belief that he is, before men. Understanding that we are sinners, unforgiven, unsaved. And so we must, with that realization, repent of those sins, turn away. And then be baptized into Christ, into his death, taking advantage of his resurrection in a like manner that we are resurrected also. And then God adds us 
to his church. Not a denomination. But Christ said, what did he say? I will build my church. That's the only one he built. So if you happen to be in that situation, then won't you come to Christ as we stand and sing?